Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. You ready for the Word of God this morning? Hope you are, because I'm sure ready to bring it. Last week we started a, uh, our series really laying the foundation for what this year looks like. And we spoke about how uh, God's Word for us for 2021 is together. Everyone, everywhere, if you missed it, you know, we keep up all of our services on YouTube so you can go there. Just search Metro Church WA. You'll find them there, including the ones from last week and before. Now, together, everyone, everywhere may not be the preaching topic. I don't think we're going to preach about it all year long, but it is going to be the thing that we are keeping focused on all year long. For instance, in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to hear the launch of PrayerNet. PrayerNet is about five or six different ways that no matter who you are or where you are, you can be a part of the ministry of prayer for the people that have needs in our life and in our world. And so that's one way that together is going to take place. The food after the service. We don't do food because people are hungry. We do food because we want to give you an opportunity to be able to hang around and say hi to people. Let me remind you of some of the key points from last week. Number one is that together is a, you know, a wellspring of Holy Spirit activity. That out together provides the springboard for what God the Holy Spirit does. Together is a lot more than a couple of people who enjoy each other's company. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Secondly, we said there's no together without you. Together is not them. Together is us. Together is all of us as a part of it. Then we finished last Sunday by saying that God's together is always just one more. God's together isn't capped off. There's no church too big. There is no connect group too large. There is no space that God says, stop it here. I'm capping it off. There's too many of you. God is out to fill up heaven. God is out to fill up His church. And He's absolutely doing that. Now, the prevailing teaching in our world, and you don't have to go far to find it, but the prevailing thinking in our world is that all life is the result of randomness. That your life and mine is the result of some kind of cosmic accident. And I always find it funny that our world proclaims that in so many different ways, not just in teachings of science, but in so many other ways we act like and we are taught like that somehow or other it all just happened, somehow or other, and yet all of science, all of psychology, all of sociology, Matter of fact, all of the education you ever got at school or at university or are still getting or giving, all of it actually depends on life not being random. Think about that a minute. I know I'm speaking to some scientists that are in the building here and some that are online. We've got a church filled. Well, I think the vast majority of people have got tertiary qualifications. And so they've been highly educated. There are people with doctorates as a part of this service. There are people that are professors, etc. 
but all of our science and all of our teaching you went through school and they taught you depending on the fact that life is not random. Very simply, the law of gravity, you depend on it operating tomorrow like it does today, don't you? You don't go, well, I have no idea. Gravity's random. Well, I don't know if I go across to Queensland. Will there be gravity? No, but there will be lockdown. Uh, anyway, we rely on the fact that three cubed is 27 today, because it is, three times three times three, and we rely mathematically that it won't be 26 tomorrow. It won't be 30 the next day. Everything, all of your computing, all your smartphones, all that stuff, I get in my car and I've plugged in my phone to the uh, CarPlay thing on there and I get annoyed if it doesn't work exactly the same every single time I get in the car. We rely on the fact that life's not random. The God of the Bible, despite what you may have heard, well, God's ways are mysterious. You know, after all, doesn't the Bible say, you know, that we can't know, you know, that God makes it. No, the Bible doesn't teach any of that. The Bible does not teach an absent landlord of his creation. The Bible doesn't teach a God who somehow or other is a creator, but he's away from his creation on vacation. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is active. He's well and truly awake and alert. He's absolutely present. I am with you always. God's here. He's right here. No matter where your here is, He's here because He's God. And He's not only active and not only present, He's ready. And so when we start talking about together, You've got to understand that there is a divine design to this together that we call church. I'm amazed how many people treat church as though it's a walk in a, in a forest somewhere or other and it's a random scenery thing. What I see, I don't believe that at all. I believe that if God put you in this church, there was a purpose in it. Matter of fact, we tell people who come to this church and want to join this church, want to say, I want to become a part of it. We say there's two reasons why God sends people to Metro Church. One is because there's something we have that you're meant to get. There's something of the Holy Spirit. There's growth that you're meant to get by being a part of Metro Church. But we also say to them, and there's something you have that you're meant to bring to us. Because it's not one-way traffic. It's engagement. It's all of us in it together. And so when we start speaking about together, I want you to write this down. We are together on purpose. We're together on purpose. You didn't stumble into the church. Somehow or other woke up one day and now here you turn to, well, I don't know how it happened. One minute I was home, next minute I was there. We're together on purpose. First Corinthians 12 Verse 1, what I want to talk about now, says the apostle writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. 
This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God? Led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it? It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence. My goodness, some of you never thought you'd ever hear that in church, but it's out of the Bible. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. So he says, I'm going to tell you about how this thing called the church works. Let's go to verse 7. Jump ahead. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone, everyone say everyone. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone, everyone say everyone. Everyone, everyone benefits. In other words, he started by saying, I want you to use your mind today. I want you to use your intellect. I want you to understand. Then he comes on and says, you got to get this. Every single one of you are in on it. And it shows who God is when we do this. Let's go to verse 12. You can easily see enough how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body's got many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, watch this, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. That was the way that we lived. But then we entered into a large and integrated life by which He has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptised. So when you got baptised, this is what every church will tell you. It's you declaring outwardly an inward work. And that's very, very true. But it's certainly not the only thing, according to Scripture, that happens when someone gets water baptised. Because according to the Bible, when we are baptised, we are baptised into His body. So there is a together that happens when somebody steps forward and says, Christ is my Saviour, Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to get baptised. Oh, it absolutely is an outward declaration of an inward work, but it's more than that. Somehow or other, when I, that happens, uh, together starts getting more traction in my life. Each of us, it goes on, is now a part of His resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels, watch this. My goodness, if ever there was a time when the world needs to hear this. Come on, we're living in the most divided time in the world there's ever been. Regardless of your nationality or your background. That's why it's so astounding and why we celebrate how many nationalities there are here. Why do we celebrate all of that? It's because it demonstrates something about what God is doing that is extraordinary and unusual. 
We all used to identify ourselves. Labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free. But they're no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. You know, when you join a church, you don't lose your independence. You don't lose your uniqueness. You don't lose your identity. But you find a greater identity. You find a purpose for your uniqueness. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Just two more verses. As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where He wanted. Turn to the neighbour beside you. If you've got one here, if you're home online, just tell them that. Just turn them on and say, you're right where you're meant to be. Really? Verse 19, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it'd be a monster. And so we find that God says to us, we're together on purpose. Don't you love this? I love that all the passions and all of the, all of the gifts that God brings together, and some of them are, are spectacular or noticed more than others, but that doesn't make them any less. Some of these ladies, there's a couple of them here who every week, you know what their job is at Hope? They cook fresh food to give to people who come in. Not just zap it in the microwave. I get down there some Fridays and walk through and the smell of all the beautiful cooking, all these people. And you know, I can't say that that there somehow rather pales in comparison to worship leading. That would be silly. Ask some of our youth who went down to Hope and, and, and spent some time during the holidays down there celebrating with people that maybe are right out of their experience of life. But you go down and you start saying, wow, thank God for that person. Thank God for that one. Thank God for the people who said, I'm going to be a part of something that's extraordinary. Look at Psalm 68 verse 5. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Verse 6, God sets the solitary in families, brings out those who are bound into prosperity. The truth is that in God, no one's superfluous or unnecessary and no one's expendable. I listen. Everything I'm telling you, the devil will work very hard to tell you the complete opposite. He'll work really hard to tell you that no one will notice if you're not here. That was never the point, was it? It was never about, we, we, church is not celebrity heads. Huh? Well, we'd miss Pastor Jeff, but we wouldn't miss you. Oh, yes, we would. Anybody here ever kicked your little toe or damaged it? Or your, even your big toe. Oh, mercy me. Am I, I had a sore big toe for a while. I really, really noticed it. Every time I put my boots on and go out to walk, my big toe would let me know that it was there. 
But I never ever have ever sat and thought, wow, that's an amazing big toe. Wow, that's a pretty cool big toe you got there. You want to see it? No, I didn't think it did. There's a whole chunk of my body I never think about until one day it goes off kilter. And then I really think about it. Huh? Huh? Come on. There's, there's no one's expendable here in this whole thing. No one's useless. I know some of you are going to go, oh, I've got no gift. Rubbish. That's a lie. Repent. Huh? Come on now. Don't you dare say a lie in the house of God. Amen. If that was you about, I don't have any gift. Liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, yes, you do, because the Bible says you do. You may not have found him yet. That's why we run EFM, equipped for ministry to help people find out the gifts they didn't know they had. And even if you turned up and you didn't have any, by the time Pastor Bruce and the team have finished with you, you know, and, and, and you know, Tony Sabrisky and all the prophetic team of prophets, you're going to have way more than you'll know what to do with. Amen. Our together is arranged by God. Psalm 33 verse 12 declares we are chosen. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says that we are a chosen generation. I think that is, I think we just got to stop a little bit. Can we stop a little bit? Just have a little bit of a, a bit of a, you know, I'm pretty quiet normally and pretty restrained and, you know, I'm, I'm not an extrovert or outgoing, but I just kind of feel like when I read that, I've just got to stop for a minute and have a little bit of a hallelujah moment. Is that all right? Do you mind if I just go a little wee bit Pentecostal for a second? We are a chosen people. Amen. You know, when I was a kid, I was the smallest kid in my class right up to grade 10. I was the weediest, the weakest. And so whenever the football sides got picked in the school playground, I was never chosen. So I wish someone had a violin. Where do I begin? Uh, and nobody ever chose me. I was, they'd pick, you know, Barry Purcell. That was Barry, that was his name, Barry Purcell. They'd pick Mark Mazzanti. Mark Mazzanti had a moustache and he was only in grade eight. It was like, hello. And I could not even, I couldn't even generate cobwebs on my face. It was, I had to walk through a spider's web to even look like I had anything. And there I am, this dweeby little dude, and they'd go on with all of the, you know, all of the picking. And then there'd be me and, you know, a couple of other nobodies. And they'd go, pick a side. How many of you are feeling my pain? How many of you don't care at all? That's the majority you win. So I'm over it, I don't care either. What I'm saying is this, is that the Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't go, well, I'm going to pick Paul, mm, Peter and John, woo. Can't pick Matthew. Oh, yeah, he knows accounts. Woo! Need accountants in the kingdom of God. He was a tax collector. He had it up all day. You know, we need people like that. We're going to get him in there. You know, look, just find somewhere, will you? Just, just, I don't know, squeeze it up the back. That's not the Bible. The Bible says we're chosen. We are here on purpose. God, listen to me. God wanted you on his team. I don't care where you are. I don't care how good you think you are or how bad you think you are. You may be a bad player, but he picked you for his team. Amen. So we're here on purpose. 
but we're not only here on purpose, we're here for a purpose. I want to finish with this. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. I love this verse. It's been one of my favorites for many years. It says, To the intent now that under principalities and powers might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. The manifold wisdom of God known by the church to principalities and powers. There is something about our together that declares something spiritually and something powerful. Now, I want you to notice this. If you've got the, your Bible open or you're looking at it on your app or you're just seeing it up on the screen, I want you to notice that it doesn't say to the intent that now the power of God might be known by the church to principalities and powers. It's talking about demonic force. It's talking about governing spirits and things that influence mankind to do all kinds of evil. And he doesn't say, you're going to show my power. Because you know, there's never been a contest. The devil is not God's equal. He's way nowhere close to that. It's never been about God's power when the devil stood before God and asked for the opportunity to test Job. He never said, I'll do it because I feel like it. He had to get permission. And when God said, have you considered him? Look how wonderful he is. The devil said, that's because you put a hedge around about him and I can't touch him. It's never been about God's power. There's no competition for who's the strongest. The thing that the enemy always said was, God isn't being wise about it. God, you're trusting these people. Look how they keep letting you down. Look what Adam did in the garden. Has God said? The God, these people, you can't rely on them. They're going to let you down. And God says, you know what I'm going to do through the church? I'm going to prove that no matter what comes their way, no matter what adversity they step into, I'm going to prove to you that no matter if the whole world gets shaken, the people of God will stand strong in faith. They won't give up on their commitment to me. They'll honour me. I've watched people stand with tears streaming down their face in the midst of great personal loss and say, God, I love you. God, I honour you. God, I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life. Why? Because every time you do that, you are showing the devil that really was never about the power of God, it was always about the wisdom of God. It makes a declaration of spiritual powers at work. Out together makes a declaration to the people of this world. We said that once before. Let me finish. Team, please come. Let me read this to you. Again, one of my favourite passages out of the message version, which I love for so many passages that it brings great light and clarity to. This is Ephesians 1 verse 22. Speaking about Christ, it says, He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the centre of all of this, Christ rules the church. Then listen to this. This is so different to what you're going to hear generally in our community. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. 
by which he fills everything with his presence. What you're a part of is a lot more than just good fellowship. It's a lot more than good ministry and good programs. What we are a part of is something that God said, I'm going to deliberately create this. I'm doing it on purpose. And then he said, I'm not only going to do it on purpose, I'm going to do it for a purpose. The great cosmic purpose is demonstrating those spirit powers that God was right all along and that people could be transformed by the Holy Spirit and be permanently different to what they were before by saying yes to Jesus, making Him Lord of their life. Their world could change. I'm going to pray in just a minute for people that maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've always thought about the church and the light of some church that you, I don't know, maybe you visited or you were gone raised in or something like that. Or maybe you've gotten raised in none of you just think churches, well, you know, yeah, all those Bible people. You never really understood that God actually wants to bring you into this together. And if you'll say yes to Jesus, he brings you in and says, I'm going to make you a part of what I'm doing. I've got a reason for it. And I've got a reason for you. It's powerful. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person who's a part of this service. Whether they're online in this time zone or they're online at a different time zone altogether or maybe even during the week sometime, they're a part of this service by, by seeing it there on YouTube. Or maybe they're in the building here or in the balcony or up in level four in the parents' room. Wherever we are, our together, Lord, is not diminished by distance. Because it never was about being in the same location. It was always about being in the same position in Christ. So I pray for people that today will say, Yes, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my life. Thank you for them, Lord. Just as the team come, if you're here today or you're online, you say, How do I say yes to Jesus? Jeff, what do I do? It's so simple and it never ceases to amaze me. How easy it is to say yes to Jesus. I still remember the moment I was 19. My heart was pumping like crazy because I knew I was meant to do this. And I remember, I, if you ask me, what, what big words did I say? Did I have, I did had some great prayer worked out. I remember just saying yes to Jesus. And, and I got up from that place and the days and the weeks that unfolded, I began to realise something profound had happened inside of me. I was different. I thought different. I expected different. I desired different. My life got changed from the inside out. It wasn't by following a set of rules. It was by inviting Jesus in. You can say yes just if you're in Australia. You can text yes to just why yes to 0488826392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like us to respond to you, via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au. We'll send you, after you do that, on one screen of your smartphone, we'll send you a different Bible verse every day for 30 days, along with a prayer, a different one every day, because we know for some people they don't know how to start to pray, and we help you with that. You can opt out whatever you like, but understand you can be safe in it because it comes from us. It's not from anywhere else. We'll never write and ask you for money or any other thing. We want to encourage you to be a part of your journey with Christ. Amen. Thank you for saying yes. People do it every single week. 
Oftentimes, by the time the service finishes, one of the team will come to me and say, yes, texts have started coming in. And, you know, I never ever think to myself, well, that's just that. I go, I know every single one of them is somebody who opened their heart to Jesus, said yes, and now the great journey of destiny has begun in their life. I hope that today has inspired you. Whatever part of God's church you're in, you'll serve Him to the utmost. You'll bring your best every single time and say, God, I'm grateful that I'm here on purpose in Jesus' name. Amen.